you just to close your eyes for a minute. And I want us to all just pray in the Holy Spirit. And if you, if you don't have a prayer language yet, just start thanking Jesus. But I want everyone just to pray. Pray out loud. Pray out loud. Pray out loud. Shebre ba 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 ba. Kare te 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 kiteos Jesus. Ora ba da 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 ba kaskes. Building up your spirit, man. Shubru shebra ba 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 kaskos. Ola vare te 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 bokoskis. Me te 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 keskes. Alleluia, Jesus. Shebro tu 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 te 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 te. Ola vare te 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 kiskes ko shebo bo 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 bokoskis. Ola vare let him fill you up. Let him fill you up. There's a refreshing as you pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Every time you pray in the Holy Ghost, he builds you up. He builds up your inner man. And oftentimes when you're getting up before you read your Bible, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Stir yourself up so that when you start to read the word of God, you start from a place of strength. You start from a place of strength where the word of God leaps off the pages and is alive to you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's flip over and look at Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. Thank you, Lord. So Numbers chapter 13, you know, there's a lot going on here. And um, the Israelites have just gotten out of Egypt. The Lord has promised them the land flowing with milk and honey. And he's given them a promise. Who here will say that God's put some things on your heart? He's given you a vision. He's shown you some things that you're believing God and it's going to come to pass in your future. That you're not just walking out life aimlessly. You know, and I want to encourage each one of you. I'm just going to throw this plug out there for a second. But in June, the beginning of June, we have two weeks where we're going to take a Tuesday night and a Thursday night. Two weeks starting, I think it's June 7th. I think whatever that Tuesday is. Anyways, two weeks. And we're going to speak about vision and helping you get the vision of God for your life. And how do you stand and believe for that vision to come, come to pass in your life? And it's going to be a powerful time because if you aim at nothing, you are bound to hit it. If you don't have a goal of where you're going this year, you will be in the same place next year. If you don't have a goal with where you want to be 10 years from now, you will be in the same place 10 years from now. But God created you for a reason, a reason for a purpose. And he planted it on the inside side of you and he made sure that you were on planet earth at this time and he made sure that you were in Dickinson North Dakota for such a time as this so the Lord promised the Israelites the land flowing with milk and honey so they had a vision of where they were going they had a vision of what God had for them. They had been slaves and God already brought them out. He split the Red Sea. He already walked them through 
And now here they are on the other side being told about this land with milk and honey. But just the chapter before, we find out that there's a whole disruption in their leadership. There's grumbling, there's complaining, there's accusings, accusations coming towards Moses from Miriam, his sister, and Aaron. And Miriam and Aaron are accusing Moses and they end up being struck with leprosy because of their accusations against the leadership. So there's all this stuff going on. You would think they just came out of, of, of being held as slaves for hundreds and hundreds of years, that this should be a time of celebrating. But oftentimes, just because you came out of bondage doesn't mean that your mind's renewed. People get saved and they go from a life of death to a place of life. They maybe were a murderer taking people's lives and killing people's lives and God saves them and he wants to use them to now save people's lives. But even though their spirit man is instantly saved, their mind needs to be renewed with the water of the word. Their mind needs to be washed. So here these Israelites come out of Egypt and you think again, they just got saved from slavery. But here they are. They're still in that mindset, slavery mindset. Grumble, complain, moan and groan. Grumble, complain. So this is where they're all still going through. They're out of Egypt. Like the old saying goes, you can take, you can take them out of Egypt, but you can't take the Egypt out of them. But in the word of God, you can. You, God transforms lives. Amen? So verse... Uh, Chapter 13, verse 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their father. You shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So now the Lord told Moses, you know, send somebody to spy out the land. So some, God gives you a vision, and he shows you what he wants you to do. But then he tells you, I want you to go spy out that land. You know, if, if God tells you, um, Pastor Rodney would tell us the story of God speaking to them about coming to America. He didn't just up and move the family to America. He came to America and spied out the land. He came and did a few missionary trips to America to make sure, am I hearing right? What does the land look like? So when we go in, how do we go in? And making sure. So when God speaks to you, sometimes people get so excited about the vision God showed them, they want to just jump and run right now. But there's always an appointed time for the vision. So the, here he is saying, go and spy out the land. I want you to see, not just have heard what this land is like, but I want you to get a vision with your eyes so that you can paint it before you and you know what you're looking at. Because if you don't have it in front of you, you don't know what you're aiming at. How do you aim? Gail, you know, you blindfold me, you spin me around, give me a bow and arrow and say, hit the target. I don't, I don't even know where the target is. How am I supposed to hit the target? So the Lord wants you to have a clear vision. So he says, go and spy out the land. So now let's skip over to verse 25. The spies are coming back and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So they went on a 40-day excursion to find out what is in this land. Now... They departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So they had this massive fruit, which if you go back, um, verse 23, I think 23, and they came to the valley of Eshkol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. So the grapes are so big that they had to have a pole between two people and had the grapes, one cluster, not a grapevine, one 
cluster of grapes took two men to carry it on a pole. This is how massive the grapes are. So when God says, I have good for your future, he's not talking miniature size. He's talking gigormous. I have a blessing for you that's too, so big. Your brain cannot even comprehend the blessing I want to walk you into. Amen. And so they brought a sample of the fruit back with them. And they said, look at this. The testimony is true. This is a land that flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Look at how massive and how good this fruit is. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and are very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The um, I'm, I'm sorry, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and, and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anax came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So, were, were, so we were in their sight. So now you see, they saw the vision. God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey, this large, large fruit. And, and Caleb says, let's go get it. You know, we've seen the land. We know the layout. We've, we know where the fortified cities are. We know exactly what's going on. God told us that this, he's giving us this land. So let's just go. Let's just take it. But then the others are saying, what are you talking about? We're not able. But verse one did not tell them. The Lord did not say, I want you to go and look at the land and see if you're good enough to do it. The Lord is not looking at you saying, are you qualified in you? If you ask yourself, am I qualified? Most likely your answer is no, that you're not. But the Lord's not depending on your qualifications or your abilities, just like he didn't need the Israelites' help to bring them out of Egypt. Did any Israelites stand there holding up the Red Sea? I've got it. You guys cross. I've got it. Oh, I'm holding back that water. No. They didn't help the Lord. So why do they think they need the Lord's help now when the Lord is saying, I want you to take that land? The Lord wanted them to get a vision. He wanted them to have that picture implanted in their minds so they knew what they were aiming at. They knew what they were about to possess. He wanted them to see it clearly. So he painted that picture. But there's always those people that say, no, 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 you can't do it. Look, they were strong. They're strong. They have fortified cities. They're really large. And, and besides, they've got the giants there. You know, they're all descendants of the giants. They're all like seven foot, eight foot, nine foot. You know, I, I look like a grasshopper in my own eye. So I know I must have been in their eye. Again, what you expect. Ha ha. If I think I look like a grasshopper, than probably everyone else does. If I walk around because I think, oh, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. That's why I eat worms. Uh, probably most people ignore me and they don't like me because I think they don't like me. But if I stand up and think, God, you made me wonderful. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what? I, then all of a sudden I think everybody loves me. And you know what? Then they do. Because I think they do. And so they do. But if I think I'm small, and when you walk in for a job interview and you're like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you should hire me for that job. I am, um, you know, I'm not really qualified. I mean, I'm sure there's 
better candidates. And, you know, and, and you think that that person's going to say, I want to give the job to you. Well, they're, they're not because you don't even think you should have them offer you the job. But when you go in and say, you know what, I've never done that before, but I tell you what, anything I've ever done has excelled and exceeded. Every time I put my mind to it, I learn it. I'm the best worker that there is. I'll tell you something. You hire me, give me 30 days. If your business doesn't increase, then I'll go without pay. If it does, then you're going to pay me X amount an hour. Understood? And they look at you and go, what? What kind of deal? Absolutely. All right. I'll, I'll give you a try. And they're going to hire you because maybe you never did it before, but you're so confident that you can do it that they now have confidence that you can do it. So these guys thought they're grasshoppers. We look like grasshoppers. You know, I don't even know as a grasshopper, how did we get out of Egypt? We were just grasshoppers and Pharaoh, you know. Bunch of naysayers, grumblers, complainers. They forgot so quickly, but Caleb told them, you can do it. We can do it. So now in Numbers 14, all right, Numbers 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the, the children of Israel complained against Moses. And Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if we or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So here they were slaves. They got set free, but they didn't understand or appreciate their freedom. They didn't like the new responsibility because it takes responsibility if you're going to possess the land. If you're going to possess the land, you have to train your tongue that you don't allow grumbling. You don't allow complaining. You don't let your ears be trash cans for other people's grumbles and other people's complaints because you can't move forward if you're stuck in the past. You can't, you don't drive down the street staring in the rearview mirror, checking out what's going on all behind you and never looking ahead. If you're staring in the rearview mirror the whole time, you never get ahead. So if you're too busy looking in there, whining and complaining about what happened yesterday, you will never eat them because they're not behind you, they're ahead of you. And the promise that God has for you, it's good. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. God is not a man, he does not lie. And if he has given you the vision and planted it in your heart, he will bring it to pass. He's not asking you to hold up the wall of the Red Sea. He's not asking you to go over there and push down the Jericho walls. God is asking you to trust him and let him deliver into your hand the thing that he has promised you. So here they are grumbling and complaining, whining. Why did God bring us out here to die by the sword? Did the Lord bring them out there to die? The Lord said, I brought you out to take you in the land that flows with milk and honey. Don't add to what God said based on what your mind can see. That's why we're people that walk by faith and not by sight. And we need to understand who our God is. Who is this great God that we serve? Don't reduce him down to our level of understanding. Because God works in ways that we don't understand. How do limbs grow back? How do eyes pop open? We don't know how God does it, but God does it. How does a soul go from being on its way to hell to being on its way to heaven in one moment when they call on the name of Jesus? I don't know how, but he knows how. And tonight's your night. God is saying, I'm taking this body up higher. I'm taking this body. That this is the group that doesn't grumble. This is the group that doesn't complain and whine. This is the group that stands like Caleb and says, we are well able to possess the land. That is who you are. You are the Caleb's and the Joshua's. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. So then they grumble. They want to elect another leader. Um, 
But then in verse 6, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and he will give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do our rebel against the Lord, nor Fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Joshua and Caleb were of a breed of believers that they knew firsthand. They knew in their hearts it was ingrained, seeing all of the, the, the plagues that hit Egypt, but yet they were never touched. Them and their families were never touched. They remember it. They remember walking through the Red Sea on dry ground, watching the walls of the water going, wow, what a mighty God we serve. We serve the God of the Most High, the living God. They, they had the same kind of belief like David, who would say, who is that uncircumcised Philistine that would dare come against the living God? And he knew he had victory because the one who comes against God is definitely losing. The one who stands against God is about to fall. That's why you know when someone attacks you and they're coming against the living God that you have sure victory. Your victory is secure because God will not be mocked. And the one who's for them hands on his word shall be vindicated and they will have the Red Sea crossed for them. They will have the walls of Jericho drop for them. So Caleb and Joshua, they knew and they tore their clothes and they cried out to Israel, pleading with them, saying, if it pleases God, then God will do it. We don't have to worry. That's why we've been talking about not worrying. You don't need to worry because there's things in your life that God is telling you, I want to take you there. And you worry, you think, well, how, how? God says, don't worry about the how. You might be standing right there at the Red Sea. And he's saying, don't worry, keep don't worry about how you're going to get across. Leave that part to me. You just keep doing what I'm asking you to do. You leave it to me and you watch what I'm about to do. You'll see it with your own eyes. You're going to see it. And so they, they had to stand there and they had to believe, even though it looks like it's, it's not going to work. They're standing there and they said, we saw giants. What would you do if Pastor Will and Pastor LaShawn said, we're going over here to the next town over, and, and that next town, you know, they've got all the giants there, and they're nine foot tall, and, and Pastor Will and Pastor LaShawn say, you know what, guys? I think we're going over there, and God's going to give us, you know, he's getting 100 acres of land inside of you. You might be like, uh, Pastor, Pastor, did you spy that land out? Did you, did you check it out? But when you get in that place of worship like we were in and you are in a place where your ears are so tuned to him, then you can say, my natural eye tells me that there's giants there. But my spirit man says, Lord, that you're bidding me come and that you are with me. And if you are with me, who can be against me? So, Lord, I don't walk by what I see. I walk by your spirit and I'm led by you. So although it looks impossible to me, it looks like I'm against giants. It looks like I have a Red Sea in front of me. It looks like it's impossible. I will trust you and I'll allow you to fight the battle for me. I won't worry about the things that aren't in my control. I cast my cares on you. I don't just ignore it. I cast my cares on the Lord and I bring it to him with praise and thanksgiving and rejoicing. That's what the Lord said in, in Philippians. He said that you come to the Lord with supplications. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Bring all your supplications to the Lord with thanksgiving so you're facing the giants and you bring it to the lord your concern not with tears you are 
You bring it to the Lord with thanksgiving and rejoicing because you are confident in who he is. That, that was the difference with Joshua and Caleb. They understood the character of God. They understood that God was for them. The other Israelites, they missed it. They were thinking of God as another slave owner, like the Egyptians. They didn't see him for who he was. And they thought he's an evil taskmaster the way the Egyptians were. And now we're out here in the wilderness and now he wants to slaughter us. He brought us out here to kill us. They didn't know his character. But Joshua and Caleb knew his character. And we know his character by spending time in the word and spending time in worship because that should be something you do every day at home. I'm telling you, this is a time more than ever to have consistency in God. We need to walk with the Lord daily. There's no room for Christians that stay with the Lord on Sunday and wait to come back in his presence till Sunday again. There's no room because what God wants to do for you to possess the land in your life, whatever vision he's put in you, for him to say that you're going to walk that out. When you know you have giants in front of you, you have wall, you can walk it in is with a daily consistent relationship with him where you take that word every day because God is not your to-do list. He's someone you're passionately in love with. You are passionately in love with him. And I'm not talking about some sloppy, goofy, romantic love. I'm talking about loving God with all your heart, that you have a reverential fear of him that causes you to live holy and pure before him, that keeps you in line, that you don't want to step over here because you know that wouldn't please God. And you don't want his eye looking at you with correction please him you love him so much that you you endeavor to please him every day and when you walk with him like that then you're confident in his character you're confident in who he is and you will be the joshua's and the caleb's that say giants we're possessing the land red sea possessing the land Jericho, possessing the land. Goliath, I'll do it. If no one else wants to do it, you guys, nobody else does, I'll go out there because that fool is mocking God. And I tell you what, his end is coming now. His end is coming now. Don't be mocked. You might roar. Goliath scared the armies. He scared them. They were so frightened of him that seasoned military warriors who have fought battle after battle shook in their shoes and didn't want to face Goliath. But David, because he was a worshiper, he had a heart after God where he could get lost in God's presence and hear God's voice. And he knew that's a fool. Coming against the living God. None of you big, mighty, strong men want to go after him. I'll do it. I'm not afraid. I took the bear. God gave me that bear, laid it in my hands. God gave me that lion. I took that lion and I grabbed it by its beard. And I twisted that thing's head off, pounded it in the face. And I killed that lion. I killed that bear. You think that some uncircumcised Philistine that mocks the living God is going to live? Because if a bear would attack God's sheep, it dies. If a lion who attacks God's sheep dies, you think a Goliath is going to live or take us out? And Joshua and Caleb had that same spirit in them. They said, I know the character of our God. He is for us and not against us. We are well able to possess the land. And I tell you tonight, you are well 
able to possess the land, to possess the dream that God has put in your heart. You are well equipped to go to the land of milk and honey. You have it in you because you have God in you. You have it in you because greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And he says, do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people, because it's impossible to please God if you draw back in fear. Faith is the only way to please God. That's why he says, bring your supplication with praise and thanksgiving, because praise and thanksgiving are in faith. Tears are in fear. And he cannot respond to fear. Just like the judge, you go to court and if you stand before the judge and you cry, the judge can do nothing for you. But you go before the court and you tell that judge, according to law, such and such, such and such, section over here, 22 point B, you know, blah, 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 blah. So you go before the Lord according to his word. I bring my supplication with praise and with thanksgiving. I bring it to you, Lord God, because I know that you are the Lord who fights our battles for us. I know, God, that my life, I'm, I'm walking in your plans and your purposes and carrying out your will. David won every battle. How is it David won all these battles? You know, how is it David didn't die? How is it when a king sends armies out to hunt him, to kill him, and David doesn't die? Because God was on his side. Because he lived in a place of worship. There were many times he thought he was going to die. Many times you read the book of Psalms and you hear him crying out saying, My enemy surrounds me. My enemy surrounds me. How am I going to get out of this? And he thinks his life is over. And he starts crying out to God. And he ends the psalm saying, but Lord God, you will vindicate me and deliver me. Because you're going to put vengeance upon those that have come against me. And he stirs up his spirit, man. Until all of a sudden you see he won another battle. And God brought him forth with victory. God will deliver you. He doesn't tease you and taunt you and say, I have land of milk and honey for you. And then he goes, ha ha, you can't eat it. They're going to squash you like a bug. Wasn't that fun? You know, oh, I just loved that. That was a great movie. You know, the people that thought they'd enter the land of milk and honey. Did you see it? I saw parts one, two, and three. Great movie. No. That's why most, a lot of movies that make it, they're about the underdog. People like the movie. It looks like it's all over. The big, mean, bad guys coming in. And then there's the ones they think can't do anything. And then all of a sudden, they rise up because they have a plan. And they're able to overtake. But in God, it's a supernatural overtaking. And he makes the way. So I ask you, what's the vision the Lord put in your heart? What is for you the land flowing with milk and honey? Because this year, the Lord wants to take you in. He doesn't want you to stay in the same place you are. Says enough is enough, no matter your age. Doesn't matter if you're young. It doesn't matter if you're old. Right now is the time. God wants to take you to another level in him. And he wants you to walk out the purpose he has for you. For he designed you with a purpose and this earth waits. All of the world is waiting for you to step into your purpose. All of the world is waiting for you to step into your purpose. Because when you step into your purpose, it will ripple effect into the earth. And the Lord has a destiny for you. He has a calling on your life. And right now, the world is waiting for you to step into your purpose. And God says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. He says, do not be afraid of the giants. Do not be afraid of what you see. Do not be afraid of what you hear, for I am with you. And I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. He will not leave you. 
He is with you. You are well able to possess the land. You are well able to walk out your purpose and your destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Just don't let fear in. Lean on him. Lean on him. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 18 says, The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving. Isn't that good? The Lord is long-suffering. Isn't that good? So that no matter what we do, we go ahead and we, we fall and we're not, our belief wavers. You know, we talk about Abraham having this amazing faith. Abraham never doubted is what it says in, in, in Hebrews. Abraham never doubted. He's in the faith hall of fame. Never doubted. Had his son Isaac in his old age, 100 years old, has his son Isaac. But you know what? If you read the Old Testament, you find out that Abraham went ahead and hooked up with Sarah's maidservant and went ahead and had a Hagar and ended up with a baby, Ishmael. Could have thought then, it's all over, messed up. I took it out of God's hands. I tried to do it in my own strength. But God kept him. And because of a repentant heart, because of where he was at, there was no Jesus then, so he couldn't call on Jesus. But for that time period, his heart towards God, that God looks at him and says that Abraham never doubted, Abraham never wavered, Abraham never considered his own body, and Abraham never considered Sarah's body. So when your mind goes somewhere else, you just quickly repent and say, Lord, I put it back on your word, and I trust in you, I lean on you and we bring it right back and the Lord counts it as you walked in faith he counts it that you never wavered that's how he looks at it if he did it for Abraham that way under the old covenant how much more for us under the new covenant he is for you and not against you he is long-suffering and patient with us thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Now, verse 24, Numbers 14, 24 says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. So now he's saying that Caleb and Joshua will walk in the land of milk and honey. All the other grumblers and complainers, they're not going to get to enter in. So what they expected is what they got serve is what are you expecting? Because if you came here tonight expecting nothing, you'll get nothing. If you came here tonight expecting to hear, you know, nice worship, then you heard a good word. You know, but if you came here tonight saying, God... I'm going to worship you and I'm going to touch you. My praises are going to go up to heaven and I'm going to feel your glory come down because I'm going to praise you with all that's in me. Then tonight you will be saying, Lord, the word that you're going to give tonight is for me and I'm taking it for my life and I'm going to go to another level. Take this word and shape me and challenge me and draw me up because I'm going to bring breakthrough this year, then tonight is your night of breakthrough because you will get what you expect. Those Israelites that groaned and complained and whined and, and came against Moses and spoke badly of him and they went through all of that and they said, why did God bring us out here? To kill us by the sword? You know what? Every one of them died in the wilderness. That wasn't God's plan, but that was their expectation and they got what they expected. But Joshua and Caleb, he said, they're of a different spirit. They had an expectation that we will because they has the land. And then they had to be patient, complain, die off. Sometimes there's a period of waiting because there's grumblers, whiners, complainers that have to. He's looking for that breed of people of the Joshua's and the Caleb's. The breed of people that say, I walk by faith and not by sight. He's looking for a new breed of people. The one who goes before. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, And the Lord, 
He is, do not fear or be dismayed. The Lord is the one who goes before you. The Lord is the one who goes before you. You've got to stir yourself up and remember what God has done for you in the past. Remember every victory. Sometimes in your household, you need to set up a praise night in your home and tell all the kids and grandkids and the whole family, get ready because next Friday night we're having praise night. I want you to bring your testimonies because we're going to start talking about the goodness of God. We're going to start talking about when he saved us. We're going to start talking when the change of addictions broke off our lives. We're going to start sharing the testimonies of when God gave us more ground. We took more territory. We're going to start to share the testimonies and remember the victories and know that God is with us. He goes before you. What does that mean? It means he literally goes before you. That Red Sea, I approach the Red Sea and I stand there and he goes before me. And he lifts the water and he makes the way plain. He goes before you. He will make the way for you. Don't run ahead of him because if you run ahead of him, you're running right in the middle of the Red Sea. But you wait on his watch the waters start to trouble. Your first steps may seem like they're a little scary to your flesh. But your spirit man is at peace. Your flesh may tremble because your human flesh is like, we're stepping into the Red Sea. We're walking right into the giants. But your spirit man says, God is for me. And he went before me. God is ahead of me. I'm following in his shadow. I'm sticking with him. And he says, I'm with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. His word never fails. So if God says he is with you and will never leave you, then that means God is with you and he never leaves you. Because he does what his word says. It never fails. If he says, I go before you, then he goes before you. If he said, I'm giving you that land flowing with milk and honey and fruit so big it takes two men to carry one piece on a stick, then God is giving that to you because his word never returns void. It always Every time accomplishes what has he put in you. What promise has he given you? God wants you to paint a picture of it so firm inside of you that you know what you're aiming at. And he wants you to know that you can trust him. Know his character. Know his character that he will do it. He 13. Man that he should lie. 2 Timothy 2, deny himself. God cannot deny himself. He can't. We do not fight the way this world fights. We fight with prayer. We fight with praise. Kind of crazy warfare prayer. Because when, Jesus, when the Lord talks about prayer, it always comes with rejoicing and thanksgiving. It always comes with that. It comes with praises and thanksgiving, rejoicing and thanksgiving. Why? Because we know pray to the is. He says, if you know who he is, when you pray, you know it's done. You, because you know his character. And he said, if you ask anything in my name, my father will do it for you. You ask anything. Ask anything in my name. And you know him going through a big thing you can go and rejoice and you stir your spirit man up god never intended you to go from victory to victory victory to victory so you face the battle so you have a victory and you go and you testify and you rejoice and you remember and you stir up the testimony and then you face another battle all because he says you're more than an overcomer you can't be more strength you overcome because you lift him up you magnify him above the problem. You magnify him above the situation. That he does the impossible. He's the one who does it. 
You're not holding the Red Sea up. You to hold the Red Sea up. That's not your part. Your part's to bring it to him with rejoicing and thanksgiving. And trust him. Trust him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's why Joshua and Caleb pleaded with the people not to fear because God is displeased with fear, that, that God has not given you a spirit of fear. So fear is a spirit that tries to come on you. And that's why you have to reject it. You submit to God and you resist the devil and he flees. So you submit to God by saying, I believe in you. My faith is in you. My eyes are locked on you. And I resist fear. And I send fear running in seven directions in stark terror from me because I stand in faith. I stand in faith. And the mountains will move. I don't have to do it. That's why our walk with God is light and easy. The Lord said, come to me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened down. Come to me and find rest. Come to me. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's trade it. When we walk with God, we might face battles, but they're easy. Like a little boy, Goliath, facing a big giant. It was easy. Because he just had to take his slingshot and put his stone in there. And he trusted the Holy Ghost that as he snapped it, that little stone picked up such momentum, smacked Goliath between the eyes. Who would think a little stone that the, you know, this is such an uh, impressive way to kill. Why for a year like COVID-19 and you go through all kinds of stuff, people are talking about picking up guns. Why weren't the slingshot sales skyrocketing? You know, bullets, who needs bullets? Go get a slingshot. I mean, that slingshot, that stone precisely hit Goliath right in the spot that caused him to fall down, knocked him out cold long enough that David's able to go over and pick up his sword. So the enemy, the, you know, Proverbs tells us that the snare that the enemy sets for, him, for, for you falls in himself. The sword that the enemy brings to battle will be the same sword that kills him. Him. Goliath fell on the ground. David came over and picked up the giant's sword and chopped off Goliath's head with Goliath's own sword. You are well equipped. All you need is the Lord on your side. That's why you don't need to worry. You need, you've got a financial need, got a big debt to pay, money that's owed on Monday. How is it coming in? You don't need to worry. You sow a seed, you say, God, I'm bringing my best seed and I'm putting it in your hands. And now I'm going to praise and thank and rejoice because I know that you're the Lord of the harvest and I trust you. So I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to worry about it. I put it in your hands, God, and I trust you. And I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. I'm not going to worry and fret about it. No matter what it is you face. You don't carry the worry because you take it to the Lord in prayer with praise and thanksgiving and rejoicing. And you know that he is with you. He went ahead of you. He loves you. He's never forsaken you. And he says, so it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is. So you must believe that God is and you must believe he's a reward. Not those who seek him a week. Those who diligently, consistency, our walks with God must be consistent. You must be a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, worship, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, worshiper of God. Your home should be filled with the glories of God. People come in your house, you say, this is a house that serves the Lord. 
I've stayed at a friend's house when I did a stand in North Carolina in the fall, and somebody, another guest, and I stayed there. And I laughed, and I thought, you know, like, it's not really my problem. It's going to be okay. And, um, but I ended up, wrote back, because this person has a pro ways down. I said, you know what? It's fine. You can sleep in that room. But you need to know that that room is a joy room. So what that means, if you're going to sleep in that room, is that every morning when you get up, you need to give a dance and a praise to the Lord. You stay in that room voice every that morning and sing a song unto God for the Lord. If you're going to. You make your house that. And you tell people, they come in, uh, 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 uh. we don't grumble, we don't complain in here. We're going to lift up the Lord right now. Do you know what Susie did? Oh, that's great. Come on over here. Lord God, bless Susie right now. I thank you. Bless Charles right now. I thank you that you're moving mountains on his behalf. And that let you let them know we don't talk bad about them. You want to talk about Susie? That means we're going to pray for Susie. We're going to pray heaven down on her life. That everything is moved out of the way. You want to bless Charles. We are going to pray the blessings of God that he will never have been song will not be used by the enemy that you're going to speak what God wants you to speak and speak life amen thank you Jesus thank you Jesus so you have to know when you know that you you're that you're seeking God you know when you're not in for your own room every day when you don't walk with him every day you're confident he's coming through but when you diligently seek him you know he is child with Hagar he came through the other side of that. Even when David had all of his mess ups, because David had a heart after God, God brought him through. No matter what's happened in your life, gently seek him. He'll bring you through. You keep your heart towards him. You walk in line. You diligent. And God will bring you through to the promised land. Father God, I thank you right now that you're speaking to hearts and lives. I thank you, God, that your word is yes and amen. Your word is alive and active and sharp, one of them. I thank you, God, that this is the year that they possess the land. This is the year that they have a better job. This is the year that you give them a home, a new vehicle. This is the year that you give them land and prod. This is the year that you step them up up and you increase them Lord milk and honey Lord God that every breakthrough that they see the giants fall before their eyes that this is the year Father God as you go before them and you prepare the way for them that they do not worry but they cast every care on you and they have no this and no year that you split the right ground singing and dancing and rejoicing because their trust is in you I thank you Jesus Jesus, give stay on your feet and thank him. Give him a shout. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. This is the year. This is the hour. I thank you, God, for it right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Breakthrough, 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 Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for a bold, believing group of believers here. I thank you, Jesus, that this is the group that marches boldly into the land and possesses the land. I thank you, God, that their eyes are locked on you. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.